It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another, the last January 2022 edition of the Monday check-in. It might even be the first February 22 edition, depending on when it falls upon people's ears. When it gets posted, yeah. Mm -hmm. We did wait to the last minute. I mean, it is January 31st. We squeezed this one in right under the wire, didn't we? Yeah, we wanted, you know, January to be a special month. (laughs) I think, did we, I think we did one every every week this month. So there, there are five January editions of the 2020 of the Monday, Monday check-in for 2022. Yeah. And our 52 subscribers, uh, will know that I 53. I'm going to blow your mind, Damon. I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger and get us some more subscribers. And the next time when we meet for the Monday check-in, you're going to be like, Greg, we're up to 75. And then the next (laughs) week you're going to be like, Greg, we've got a hundred subscribers. Yeah, then they'll be like, Greg, we're back down to 40 subscribers. <laughs> uh, I'm Damon Jensen Heitman. I'm one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church Hastings, joined by Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings. And I'm usually the one who pays more attention to metrics and numbers. And so I do find it slightly amusing, and all of you should as well, that Damon does track the number of YouTube subscribers we have so closely. Yeah, well, I posted uh, the forum from Sunday yes. to YouTube this morning. And like, I'd have to go in and switch accounts off of my personal YouTube to onto the church one. And it just, it just pops up there on the little tag that says, you know, First Presbyterian Church, uh, 52 subscribers. So, but you know, um, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you repeat it. I do. Mm-hmm. Which means it matters to you. I think it's kind of fun. Yes. <laughs> it's just yeah. funny because of, of, of the two of us, the one who generally is a little more, bit more uh, closely tracking metrics is, is usually this one. Mm-hmm. And so I love that this is one metric that you pay attention to. Yeah. It makes me, it brings me great joy. Now, if you ask me how many people have watched any particular video, I have absolutely no idea. 26 watched our Monday check-in from last week. Okay, see, there you go. I, <laughs> I know that because I pulled those metrics today for another document that I was working on. Gotcha. I don't actually check that every week, but I, I happen to be pulling those metrics today. So, yeah. uh, so this is the Monday check-in, and uh, what we do generally is we take a little look, a little sneak peek at some, maybe all of the scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming worship service and have a little chat, a little dialogue about some of the themes, some of the maybe questions that we have of the text, maybe some of the questions that we think the text has of us. And um, yeah, have a little, little kind of mini Bible study about it. And then after that, we switch gears. And we talk a little bit about the life of the church, First Press Hastings, what's going on, what folks might want to be aware of and, and join in on, as it were. So it seems like the appropriate moment to, to shift in that direction. And I think uh, I'll go ahead and offer the opening prayer. I don't know whose turn it is, but one of our 52 subscribers probably does. That's not me. Uh, let's pray. Love and gracious God, as we gather in this way this morning to to read a, a really a pretty familiar story 
a story of calling, a story of risk, a story of trust. Ask that your spirit, that your presence might be with us, that you might open us to the wisdom that you have uh, that is still contained within this story, uh, that you might help us to realize that there is more yet, yet more light and truth to break forth from your holy word. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this coming Sunday, we have a passage of scripture, um, which seems appropriate for a worship, <laughs> for a worship service. Uh, we have Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and it reads something like this. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night, all night long. And have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. That's where it ends. So, Greg, what do you got? It's a great story. Uh, there's there's a lot to uh, this is one of these that hits all the senses right <laughs> think about a lakeshore and washing nets um, and so you've got sun you've got water you've got the smell of the fish probably you have these voices and then you have Jesus um, yeah it's a yeah. pretty clear scene mm-hmm. right in the in a way that we don't um always get a real clear scene um of what's going on it's a it's a well-defined setting and this motif of 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 tossing your net one more time and and the abundance of fish is one that gets repeated multiple times in the gospels this is not the only story where jesus encourages the disciples to to throw their nets out one more time and then they bring in a big haul of fish right mm-hmm. yeah i think it's interesting at the at the end of the passage um that uh, everybody is amazed um james and john you know zebedee's kids they're also amazed uh and then in verse 10 then jesus said to simon do not be afraid. I'm assuming that word afraid could maybe be translated in different ways. I don't know. Um, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. I think if somebody said to me, oh, don't worry. From now on, you're going to catch people. I think that would make me afraid. 
<laughs> well, it's it's interesting too because up until that moment in the story, these guys are fishermen and they just brought in the biggest single catch of their lives potentially, right? Yeah. Um. And and they're they're excited about when Simon Peter saw he. Yeah, for he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee. So they're still thinking about the fish. Um, and then Jesus flips the script on them. And then the next verse that you read uh, that, that we read, when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. So rather than being like, hey, this is a healthy catch. This is going to sustain us as fishermen for at least the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, something has changed yeah yeah no yeah it's interesting i've never yeah really thought about um that like that the shift in that particular way you know like if you had just sort of had the sort of uh pinnacle of professional success or you know personal so however you want to you achieved that goal, right? That you were really setting out for some in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and then to go take a switch from that to, I guess I'm done with this now. <laughs> I guess I'll go and do this other this other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't really know what to make of it, but I don't either. But um, yeah. Luckily, though, I don't uh, really have to know what to make of it. <laughs> uh, because this Sunday is Youth Sunday. So the youth are going to tell us what they make of this particular story, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, yeah, the, it, there's, this is one of those stories that has so many little details in it that you, you could pick out any one of those little details and, and, and play around with it quite a bit. Um, so with the, we've been spending a lot of time talking about trust and what this passage maybe has to tell us about trust. And I want to give away the game here, but thinking about the, thinking about the boat itself and the trust that Jesus has in this boat, um, I don't know if he's ever seen this. I don't know. Maybe he was there earlier and saw the boat. Actually, I don't know. Maybe it's floating. I don't know. But <laughs> um, to get in it and and to be a, a vessel that he can use to to preach and to teach. Um, the trust that anybody has in a boat when you get into it um, to head out into the water and thinking about the the boat as a bit of a metaphor for God and, and trusting God to sort of help to see us through. And I know that I've talked about this before, but the two words that always catch my attention here are deep water, um, put out into the deep water and see what happens. <laughs> and um, that, that sometimes I think we're, we're really specifically called to head into deep waters in life. Sometimes we're kind of forced to without really a whole lot of, a lot of choice and trusting in the boat, trusting in God to help to see us through those deep waters. Sometimes I like also, um, 
that they don't go out into the deep water alone, which I never really noticed before. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it is interesting. I mean, there's, there's obviously, there's a lot of interesting quotes or, or metaphors with, um, with boats that could be drawn out of here. And I'm, I can't rattle the quotes off the top of my head, but boats are designed to go out in the water, right? Yeah. And if you stay close to the shoreline, the boat's not um, doing what it's designed to do. Yeah, you don't really have a boat at that point, right? Like if you have a boat and never put it in the water, you don't really have a boat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also think it's interesting. Um, okay, so check me if I'm reading this correctly, right? Jesus gets into the boat and it's Simon's boat. And Jesus just goes out a little ways into the water. Um, he teaches and does that sort of thing. And he says to Simon, put into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon says, uh, we've been working all night and have caught nothing. But if you say so, I will let down the nets. Right? So it sounds to me like that's just Jesus and Simon in that boat. Right. And then they push out into the deep water. Okay. And then it goes on. When they had done this. They caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat, the sons of Zebedee, to come and help them. Uh, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. My sense is that if it's Jesus and Simon, Simon Peter, out in the boat, and the Jesus must be helping him fish, right? Like, like actively engaged in trying to help pull these nets up. I mean, I can't disagree with your reading there. So, so often, particularly in the gospel of Luke, uh, Luke is, is not prolific with his words and, and details. And so there might be other folks in this scene that we don't hear about. Um, I mean, Luke writes just about the main characters and, and is trying to, teach us a story through that. But yes, I think you're reading, I, I read it the same way you do, that it's Simon and Jesus in the boat. Uh, Simon says, or Jesus says to Simon, go put your boat out in deep water. Master, we did that last night. We didn't, but if you say so, I'll do it. And so off the two of them go, there may be other crew in the boat, we don't know. But certainly Jesus is part of the team that is putting the nets back down and then hauling in this incredible catch of fish so much so that it filled both boats and they both began to sink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be rude if he wasn't <laughs> helping, you know? Um, um, yeah. I, I, I have never really thought about that before, um, before just now and thinking about the ways in which um, maybe Jesus joins in the work with us at times. Um, yeah, could be interesting. And the thing is, Jesus grew up inland. Jesus did not grow up on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus grew up, so far as we know, as a carpenter's son, not as a fisherman. Um, and yeah, there's, there's something particular about the skills involved here 
did Jesus know? Had he figured out how to help fish or was he just, was he like the hired hand and Simon was directing him on what to do to pull in these nets full of fish? Yeah. 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 Good question. Yeah. So did he, had he, had he want, did he have a kind of a, a vague familiarity with the work um, in general or also to that point, Simon doesn't, he calls him master. So the why does he call him master? Um, when he, when later on in the passage, he's going to kind of realize who Jesus is. He realizes who he himself is in relation to Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Why does he, why does he do it? <laughs> Um, I don't know. And maybe Jesus, maybe this is not the first time that Jesus has, has been preaching along the shore of the lake. It says this happened once while he was doing it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it was the first time that he was doing it. Maybe Simon had seen him there before, had heard him preaching before. Um, okay, you know. It was a little bit on board, if you'll excuse that, <laughs> with what with what Jesus was about. You're googling something. It looks like. Yeah, I was I was looking up the word master. I was kind of curious um, what that was. Uh, it's epistata, the same word that we is the root for epistemology, which is like the study or the theory of knowledge. <laughs> Um, and epistata is, is used a lot in the gospel of Luke, actually. Um, every time it's used, it's translated as master. I was just, I was, but, but it's a master in terms of the sense of knowledge or wisdom, Mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting. So Simon Peter's acknowledging, not that he is his master in a, like a slave master relationship, but Mm -hmm. instead that he is the the one who's wise or knowledgeable. And it makes yeah. sense because he's saying master, sort of wise one, we've worked all night, but caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the net. So see, he's tipping his hat or acknowledging Jesus' wisdom. Yeah. Knowledge. So. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot. Uh, and I, I know that the, uh, I've, I've taught, high school Sunday school a few times this month have you, yeah. you all been preparing so I know I do know the direction generally that the youth are, are headed with this but um, we had some good conversations about this passage and um, yeah and then mm-hmm. had, had a lot of fun writing the liturgy for the service so definitely pay attention to that as well if you're joining us for worship on Sunday or should I say when you join us for worship on yeah. Sunday yeah mm-hmm. yeah we, I mean we've definitely we've spent a lot of time talking about talking about trust and what does it mean to trust in God? Um, and, and they have some interesting questions. Part of the service um, is hopefully going to be providing some prompts to the congregation and inviting responses from the congregation. Um, You're going to try to get Presbyterians to like respond during a worship service. Well, we're going to let them write it down. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as scary then. Um, 
And you know, so some of the questions are kind of um, having to do with like how like has your trust in God changed or how you understand that changed or shifted um, over the years in some way. And like one of the questions that we have, I think at one point is, um, you know, like not just what does it mean to trust in God, but what are the things that God trusts you with? Which I think is an, an interesting question as well um, to think about here. You know, like Jesus here is, is about to start trusting Simon and James and John to, <laughs> to do this work, right? Um, so I think trust, I think, is interesting because it, I think it works best when it's working in both directions. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, you know, and it ties back a little bit into the passage that we read last week in the sermon I preached on on Jeremiah's call story, right? God entrusts, God calls Jeremiah, but God entrusts Jeremiah with this call to be a prophet, even though Jeremiah thinks he's not equipped or capable to do it. Yeah. Um, but there, but but then Jeremiah does lean in. God entrusts Jeremiah and Jeremiah in turn trusts that God will provide him what he needs to do. And there's, there is a mutual trust there. And I think that's, that's an interesting way to think about trust in God. Mm -hmm. Um, Damon, that, that sort of mutuality of trust that we trust God and, and then God is entrusting us with this call to be followers. Um, And that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the sense that, you know, we we trust God to help to see us through some of these deep waters of our lives, right? And, and that help comes in any number of ways, right? Um, and also, God trusts us to, to live, to try to live out this, this covenant, right? To try to live out this ethic of, of love, of, you know, you're talking about joy on Sunday morning, and like this ethic of kindness and grace to to be God's representatives in in the world for for lack of a better what's the word from uh from Genesis uh oh it has that we're kind of representatives of God's dominion um in in the world and yeah I, I mean <laughs> The way that I always think about this is um, takes me back to high school. Like whenever we would get like in a bus to go to like a band thing or whatever, maybe not whenever, but oftentimes someone would say, while you are at this place, (laughs) you are representatives of of the HLB community school district. That is the name on the side of the bus. And that is who you represent while you are at this place. and you represent all the people of, of these three towns and all the intermediary areas as well. Like when you when you're on this field trip or whenever you so so act like it, right? Um, and in a similar sort of way, I think that that God trusts us to act like God's representatives um, in the world. And sometimes we do a great job. Sometimes we don't. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, I've always resisted putting one of those Christian fish symbols on the back of my car. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've not, I'm, I'm not always living out my faith as faithfully as I should when I'm behind the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to misrepresent God and God's kingdom by being a jerk in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> now, I work on not being a jerk in traffic, to be sure. Right. But as we read, all people sin and fall short of the glory of God. And I, I am among those who sin and fall short of the glory of God. And oftentimes it is in stressful traffic situations in which I find myself sinning and falling short of the glory of God. Um, less so in Hastings. I've not actually discovered that I have this problem too much here in Hastings, but in previous cities that I've lived in, I've been grateful that I did not have the Christian fish on the back of my car because I behaved in less than Christian ways in the same way that when you're representing your school, right. And uh, when we're representing the church, whether that's a Christian fish on the back of our car or a cross we wear around our neck um, or just our association with uh, the church, right. Uh, Damon and I can't, well, I don't can't go most places in this community without people knowing that we're the pastors of this church. And many of you who are members who are listening, uh, that's part of your identity. People know you as members of First Presbyterian Church. And so when you wait, when we engage or behave in ways that aren't that, um, it, it, it reflects. reflects on not just us, potentially. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. There's all, then related to that is this whole idea of. Um, <clears throat> casting out and what sorts of things are we casting out right um they're you know part of this passage is they're casting out nets into the water and then you know the implication is okay well now you're going to uh, be catching people and so you still have to cast something out <laughs> um, but what is it that you're casting out and i and i think we're probably casting things out all the time um, whether we're really aware of it or not, you know, even something, um, as simple as I remember this happened to me in seminary. (laughs) I, um, one of my, one of my advisor said to me, you know, Damon, when you are telling a joke, you might want to smile so that people know, (laughs) because I tend to be fairly sarcastic and fairly wry and and other folks i was casting something out and other folks were interpreting it as oh he is mad at me about about something right or he's a, a kind of a grump all the time <laughs> um so yeah this idea of yeah what are we casting out when we when we walk around in the world that's interesting to think about as well. But a lot of material there. I bet the the youth are going to really um, help us think about this in different ways and and share impart some wisdom on us. Yeah. On Sunday. Yeah, it should be good. So should preach. Should we switch gears? Sure. All righty. Uh, well, <clears throat> Sunday is Youth Sunday. I can share that information at the ten thirty service. 
And the 8.30 service will return. We took a, a slight pause from that this past week for the congregational meeting. 8.30 today style service does return this Sunday in the sanctuary. Uh, so uh, folks can come to that. The youth will be sharing their message at the 10.30 service this coming Sunday. So, Yep, I will be sharing a short message at the 8.30 service uh, and we'll be serving communion at both services. Uh, as well as for our folks at home. So if uh, if you're listening to this and can't make it to the church on Sunday, but intend on um, participating live with us, uh, do have your communion elements ready. I can also tell you on Sunday morning, uh, the we'll have forum at 9.15 during the Sunday school hour, Andy Springer. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, Andy serves as a hospice child challenge as a hospice yep as a he works for hospice um as a as a chaplain and he led the first of a three-part series this past sunday he'll return to lead the second part uh sharing some of his reflections as a hospice chaplain uh encouraging folks as exciting as it sounds to think about their own mortality and also spending some time sort of considering um, how we how we do or don't handle death. And one of the phrases that he's used a lot that I really like when we've been talking about this is um, considering some of the blessings that come to us when we accompany people uh, at the end of life which I think is really interesting to, to think about and to talk about. So uh, if you missed the forum from Sunday, it is up on our YouTube channel. Folks can find that there and uh, folks can join this coming Sunday in person or via Zoom as well. So that's what I know about that. Yeah, uh, we're still doing uh, our other Sunday schools in person as well, as well as uh, Wednesday Night Live. And uh, what we're not doing is uh, sharing meals in the church. Uh, due to COVID precautions, uh, we figure we want people to keep their masks on when they're in the church. And so you can't do that if you're eating a meal. And so that is the policy as of right now that session passed. They will revisit that policy here in two weeks Um at our next session meeting, but for the time being, that's uh, that's where it's at. So we're still doing all of our Wednesday night activities minus the meal. Uh, so if you've got uh, elementary age youth, bring them up four and then come pick them up at six. And if you've got middle school and high school youth, bring them at 630 and we'll go from there. Um, 620. 620. Yep. For bells. I think, are we flipping the schedule for that? Oh, has that? I don't know if that's officially happened. Or not. I think we made that official change, so we need to make sure folks are aware of that. But I think we're gonna we're gonna do youth group followed by bells or choir and bells instead of uh, choir and bells followed by youth group. I think we're gonna try that out this week and experiment with that new schedule. Uh, regardless, bring your kids at six thirty. Yeah, they'll be we'll fine. plugged in. We'd love to have them. <laughs> All will be well. Indeed. As they say. Um, anything else? I think that about covers it. Yeah, I think so too. So, uh, closing prayer. All right, let's uh, let's pray. Gracious God, we we read in your holy word today that we are to 
to push out in the deep waters and cast our nets. You have invited us to take risks and trust you. And in turn, you have entrusted us with this call to be fishers of people. May we live into that mutuality of trust, God. May we learn to trust you more and we, may we also earn your trust as fishers of people that we can be casting out things that draw people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. With all those things then said and done, until next time, toodaloo.